Hello, everybody. Hi. Hey, babe. Hi. How are you, honey? I'm good. I feel like I haven't seen you all day. Seriously, I, you know, one end of our couch to the other end of the couch is so far away. Yeah, it's it's tough. We need two cans and a string to talk to each other. I'm thankful for text messaging, though, because otherwise I feel like I wouldn't get a chance to talk to I you. I mean, aren't we a couple of douchebags sitting on the same couch text messaging each other back and forth? The age of technology. Um, speaking of age of technology, yes. um, today's topic is one that uh, I'm excited about. Robots? Robots. Uh, no, today's topic is beauty and the quote-unquote violence of beauty. Oh. Um, and the podcast really is in response to the New York Times article uh, about Linda Evangelista and her cool sculpting. Oh, yeah. 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 So for those of you who are listening who may not know, um, as I'm sure anybody that listens to our podcast knows 90 Supermodels, if they, if they follow me, Linda Evangelista was not only... A 90s supermodel. She was the 90s supermodel. Mm -hmm. She was the one that was writing the book of fashion for, I would say, well over a decade. Yeah. She set the bar. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, And I I have always adored her work. It was, uh, we talked in a previous podcast, it was one of her photo shoots that actually uh, awakened me to the supermodel. Right. And kind of was like the beginning stages of the birth of Nomi. Mm -hmm. So what happened to her is she went in for some cool sculpting, was not made aware of possible side effects or complications. No, I've heard of cool sculpting that just looks really simple and you go in and you're done. Right. 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 Well, that's how they, that's how they promote it. But unlike pharmaceutical commercials where they say side effects may include the commercials, right. The commercials for cool sculpting don't, have any warnings on them Mm -hmm. so she was not made aware of the fact that cool sculpting which is designed to shrink your fat cells in some rare instances can actually blow your fat cells up and what happens is is the machine sucks portions of skin into it and then uh it freezes the fat cells and shrinks them but sometimes the body will remember the machine and what happens is is the shape the rectangular shape uh, that gets sucked into the machine will actually appear as like a fat deposit. So it's not like a regular round deposit of fat. It doesn't look normal. It's this like gold bar shaped piece of skin that protrudes out of your body. That's awful. So, so that's what happened. And now she's disfigured. That's what happened to her. And she has, yes, been brutally disfigured and, um, left, as she quoted, as the media has said, um, unrecognizable. That's awful. I think that she, I, I understand why they say that. I think of all the brutal things you could say to somebody, telling them that they're unrecognizable is really kind of awful because she's not. I mean, when I look at her, I still see Linda Evangelista. Yeah. So, well, and that's the media just being all the more damning, right? Well, and that's the real price of beauty. The price of beauty isn't what we do for our own level of self-expression, but it's how people actually treat others who pursue that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. They say, oh, society puts all of this pressure on, on beauty and the, you know, the violence of beauty, as the New York Times article referenced. And it's like, yeah, but that's... It's not for any other reason except that people just 
don't like to see other people do things that make them feel good about themselves if they can't as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime any celebrity gets anything done, it's instant, like, shocking news, latest report. So-and-so got their nose fixed or something. Who cares? Yeah. Who really cares? What, like Cher said, if I want to put my tits on my back, that's my business. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. who cares? If people need to stop being rude in the name of being honest. I don't care what your opinion is. So stop giving it to me. Mm-hmm. Focus on you. Yeah. And if you don't have anything nice to say then go somewhere else. I'm not going to say don't say it, but go somewhere where you're going to have the appropriate audience. I don't understand these people who are fighting for something. Why do they keep going to the wrong audience to validate themselves? It just makes no sense to me. No. So in line with that, part of the argument is that society places this expectation on youth and beauty. Mm-hmm. which we do revere. Nature's first green is gold. Right. Youth is preferable to old age. But that doesn't mean that those of us that pursue these avenues to maintain our beauty and to maintain the appearance of youth is solely based on societal pressure. I have my own issues with mortality. Looking in the mirror and watching myself decay exacerbates that fear and anxiety of dying. So yes, I am choosing to do something to keep myself from recognizing that when I look in the mirror because I'm already so hyper aware of it. You mean like fillers and stuff like that? Yes, fillers. I've had fillers, lasers, Botox. Um, I'm going to get microneedling and a thread lift coming up soon. Snails. Snail entrails. Oh, I love snail entrails. (laughs) It. It's hyaluronic acid. It sounds worse than it actually is. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's it is snail trails. But what snails produce is hyaluronic acid, and hyaluronic acid has the ability to pull and bind moisture to itself, so it plumps up the skin naturally. It's really cool. It is very cool. It's one of my favorite one of my favorite treatments and masks. But anyway, I'm making the choice to do that Mm -hmm. because as a kid, I would look through the pages of Vogue, and even at 14 years old. I was acutely aware that this was not real life. This was an idealistic representation of life. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if life was a Vogue magazine, this is what life would look like. It's meant to serve inspiration. But people would look at those images and say, this is what's expected of me, and either starve themselves to try to do it, or bash those who are pursuing that because they have a natural inclination for that lifestyle. I think people need to take responsibility for their perceptions Mm -hmm. of their own reality. Right. No, I agree. I never understood that either. I never, I would never look at a magazine and see someone on there and think that's what I need to look like. Sometimes I would look and say, oh, I would like to look like that. I would love to have abs. I would love to have that chiseled jaw, but the expectation, I'm not putting it on myself that I have to look like that in order to be beautiful. It just makes me a little sad. I don't understand it. I yeah. it's I think it's part of human nature mm-hmm. to want to seek out and criticize other people to make you feel better about the choices that you're making for yourself 
if you're making choices that don't fulfill you, that right. don't speak to you. Because what someone is essentially doing is saying that the expectation is that they need to be a carbon copy of what they see in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Like, who wants to be a carbon copy of someone else? Who wants to have a carbon copy of themselves? Right. It's boring. Yeah. It's about individuality. It's about expressing the freedom. Some people are going to look one way. Other people are going to look another way. It's all about how you animate the packaging. Now, I will be honest and say that it's easy to say that the fashion industry has skewed towards a specific type. I am well aware of that. Mm -hmm. But again, we are talking about an idealistic representation of life. It's a freaking magazine and a fashion magazine. Yeah, we shouldn't be holding something so silly, like just such a silly tangible object to such high regard well and giving it that much credit exactly it's weird it's well it's how people are again perceiving reality and then when it doesn't make them feel good they point the finger at someone else for creating that reality for them when the truth is is we all create our own reality if you if you're bothered by something like a vogue magazine then stop looking at the Vogue magazine. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put that pressure on yourself. You choose to put that pressure on yourself. Right. It's like saying violent video games create violent people. Right. They don't. No. So a Vogue magazine doesn't make someone anorexic. Right. We have to take responsibility for ourselves instead of constantly pointing the finger to other people. And some of us really do choose to pursue an avenue of youth and beauty. If you want to say that makes us shallow, if you want to say that makes us superficial, that's fine. But then you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because I won't, I, I, I was going to speak for myself, but maybe you can speak for me. As superficial and as shallow as some of my pursuits can seem, there's a whole other side to me. Oh yeah, you're the most superficial person I know. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, um, no. You're absolutely right. In those pursuits that you follow, and those uh, those goals to um, adjust either how the way you look or how the way the way you feel about the way that you look, uh, it's self serving, but in a way that really doesn't harm anyone else, and ultimately doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's, it's all coming from a natural organic place. None of it is coming from a place where you have to do something because that's the perception that you have to fill. You're doing it because you know that by doing that, it's going to make you a bit feel bit better about the way you look and how you feel. It's about self-expression and representation. Mm-hmm. It's no different than someone who might dread their hair or grow out a really long beard or get a tattoo. It's all, it's all modification in, in the form of self-expression and, you know, being a hippie with like a long beard and you've got a, you know, braid that takes effort too. people act as if there's something exclusive to the idea of beauty that it requires more than any other interest or pursuit. Do you think that people have a harder time with it than, say, tattoos or piercings or dreadlocks? Because sometimes people get these things done and then pretend under the guise that it's all natural, like they haven't done anything to their face, or they try to pull off the fact that, oh, yeah, this? No, I've always looked like this. Because you can't do that with a tattoo or anything. No, I think, honestly, I think anybody can go and get a tattoo, but not anybody can look in the mirror and tell themselves that they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're not beautiful. 
but it's because they were never taught and they haven't learned how to look at themselves as being beautiful. All they've learned to do is compare themselves to other people. That's where the damage is done. They're comparing themselves to the models in the magazine instead of just looking at them as their own entity without having anything to do with how we should look. Yeah. Do you see that shifting? No. No? I don't see anything that represents the worst of humanity shifting because it has been around for hundreds of years. Oh, no, I mean shifting and, like, seeing more representation of different skin types and body types and showing... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do see that. Yeah. And I think that it's great, but it needs to be organic in nature. It needs to be coming from a true place of awareness from the fashion industry rather than this sort of, like... Performative. Excuse me. Stop gap performance for... The rest of us. Yeah. To quiet us. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Valentino once said, I just want everything in my world to be beautiful. What is wrong with someone saying, I want everything about me to be beautiful? He has to decorate his home and buy furniture and put drapes up to create the beauty he wants. It's the same thing for me when I go and get filler and Botox. Mm -hmm. But again, if there's something that people think they can't get, there's an immediate envy. And envy is not like jealousy. It creates resentment because being enviable or sorry, being envious means that you're, you want something that you can't have. Being jealous of someone is because they have something that you know you can get. You just haven't had it. So Mm. I'm jealous that you drive this kind of car, but I know that once I'm making this much money that I'll be able to have that kind of car too. So it doesn't build a resentment. It almost maybe motivates you, right? That's a good distinction. But envy is like, you have that face. I will never have that face. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, for the rest of my life, beat myself up. Because when I compare myself to you, I don't look like you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a guy. I wanted to be a supermodel. And in the 90s, you didn't have drag queens walking the runways. But I became a drag queen anyway, and I spent my entire drag career creating and emulating and paying homage to the 90s supermodel movement. And I did that by drastically altering myself. Now, how is it any different when a drag queen who comes out as being trans and then gets breast implants and gets her nose done, and gets her brow ridge shaved, and gets her jawline reduced, and gets cheekbones implanted, and butt and hips implanted. Why is that any different? Why is that celebrated? Because the strength of having to come out as trans justifies something that someone else is doing that you then vilify. You mean in contrast, if a cis but female-born woman was to do all of that same stuff too, no, just to make herself no. feel good. No, like, why is it different? From why? Why does why does there have to be the stigma to Linda Evangelista pursuing youth and beauty when someone who's pursuing transitioning from one gender to mm, the other, okay. right? Got because it. there's a lot of people who are trans that never fully transition. Mm-hmm. So it's not a requirement to be trans. So that means it is elective. Yeah. So why do we celebrate it and give that a pass? But yet this type of elective procedure, cool sculpting, a facelift, Botox, that, no, that's not okay. That's putting too much pressure on people to be something that they're not. Well, guess what? 
I got the Botox. I got the filler. I am this person. I look this way. I feel this way. I act this way. It does feel a bit of a, stand, a double standard. I think that it is. Yeah. Because it's envy. And envy creates resentment. And when you're coming from a place of resentment, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater bath water because all you care about is proving why your resentment is valid. And in proving that, you ease your pain, but only momentarily. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back because you're still comparing yourself to somebody else. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about men who I like go men. through all... <laughs> oh, okay, good. No, um, <laughs> who go through these same procedures. So, so we see people like Rupert Everett and Kenny Rogers and... Um, well, I'm a they, man and I went through these procedures. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is people who overdo the procedures. Yeah. And then Rupert Everett, Kenny Rogers, they went a little too far. Right. Rupert's come back. Kenny, unfortunately. No. Um. So is the question about overdoing it or just about men having procedures done? No, I, I, my question is, how do you think that the men are treated in the media? Are they treated in the same way? Are they um, no. maybe treated more? Are they given a little no. allowance because they're men? Probably. Yeah. I, I probably. It probably ties. Uh, well, th- there isn't the same. Okay. So people do not perceive the same level of expectation when it comes to aesthetics for men as they do for women. Like mm-hmm. people did not make as big of a deal of a Rupert effort as they did over Meg Ryan. And right. they both had the same level of work done, yeah. which was also temporary work. It was filler work. I mean, eventually that goes away. Yeah. Well, and everyone always looks so swollen afterward anyway. It takes a minute for all to settle. Well, and, and also too, you, people have to remember, it doesn't matter whether you're Madonna or Rupert Everett or Nomi Moore. Like we are all humans and we go to people that, say they can do something for us and we trust their credibility and we trust their expertise. But sometimes it's not always there. And I think a lot of times celebrities fall into traps because people will overpromise because they want the celebrity business because that's all anybody cares about oh, anymore. Interesting. Right? Yeah, I can and see so that. Celebrities will go to doctors that they really shouldn't be going to, but the doctor has I'm going to say pretty much lied to them about the guarantee of expectation just so that they can claim they have this person as their patient. I can see that. Definitely. I'm not saying all doctors do. No, but I can see that being, I mean, just with our experience with any doctors for any random thing that we're Mm -hmm. doing, like going to the doctor and just getting a checkup, they give you that sometimes a false expectation of, of what you expect to be okay. And then you're like, uh, no, this is still not okay. I totally get Well, that. the only difference with that is that you don't walk out into the world with everybody looking at what's yeah, not okay that, that's, like that's you true. do with aesthetic work. Yeah. But either way, people can go too far. And there are doctors out there who don't have boundaries, who don't have ethics, and they will do whatever you want if you're willing to pay them. Look at Michael Jackson. Or the whole botched TV series. Exactly. Well, yes. I think a lot of that, though, is like... yeah. Black market filler parties. Right. You know, they're yeah. they're dealing with, yeah, this cheap supplies mm-hmm. and probably uneducated doctors. Yeah. But you know the saying, what do you call a doctor who finished last in his class? I don't know. A doctor. Oh. You got to do your home. You have to be, <laughs> again, we're going, no, I mean, I didn't expect you to answer it, but we have to go back to accountability. Yeah. Do your homework. No, you're right. I thought there was a punchline to that. On the other right. side... On the other side, um, well, no, I'm just going to say you've got to take responsibility and accountability for yourself. Yeah. 
So having said that, the topic of beauty is one that I think is personal and it's intimate and it's perception to each individual. And they say that eye is in the beauty of the beholder, but why do they only use that when it's to promote natural beauty? Yeah, I totally agree. It's a good question. So I really hope that um, we can start to make a shift towards a more organic approach and perception towards what beauty really is. And we're going to have an uphill battle because of Instagram. Instagram is a platform that creates a template. I mean, this is the new Vogue in the way that people perceive Vogue's damaging effect on the minds of young women. Yeah. Because if you think about it, everything that's done on Instagram is what you see people duplicating. Everyone totally. has the same hair that's parted down the middle with an ombre and a fucking mermaid wave. Mm-hmm. And they all have the same drag queen template makeup. You right. have women who are contouring who don't need to be contouring, highlighting who don't need to be highlighting. And it's not in the vein of self-expression if you're painting this template mask that everybody does. Yeah. And everybody drips the makeup on their face and then goes in with their tools And it's like, where is the organic nature? Where's the original content? And that's because with platforms like Instagram, anybody can be a content builder or influencer. Yeah. It's like what in the, in the nineties, right? What websites were, if you had a website for your business on the internet, you were instantly credible and valid as a business. Yeah. But anybody could make a webpage. Yeah. So you have people that are going to platforms like Facebook and Instagram and treating them as if that is the internet Mm -hmm. and getting their entire perception of what life is supposed to be like, both aesthetically, politically, personally, professionally, from this platform of people who are just posers. Yep. We are all putting stuff out there that is a representation of an idealistic life that we want people to think that we're living. Where I see myself as being different is the recognition that I don't live the way that I look in the pictures that I take. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that because that is my art. That is my self-expression. And that is what allows me to do the things and to pursue the passions that make me feel fulfilled and content. And for whatever reason those are, shallow, superficial, or deep and introspective, it's my freaking business. Mm -hmm. And it's my decision. And if a pack of us want to get together and say, we're going to, we're going to do plastic surgery and these are the doctors and these are the patients like Beverly Hills and escape from Los Angeles or LA, then who cares? Who cares if we want to be a club of fashionites and beauty and, you, you know, all of it is meant to be provocative and it is meant to influence thought and growth and the evolution of the human spirit. Unfortunately, I think that that is in direct opposition Mm -hmm. of human ego. Yeah, I agree with that. So circling back to Linda Evangelista, um, I will always support her. I will always find her beautiful. Um, Her work has meant so much to me. I've never met her. I don't know that I want to meet her. Because I'm not necessarily a fan of her, like anybody that I don't know. I'm a fan of her work. Her work is what has inspired me. Mm -hmm. And I recognize the difference. So I think that's why I have a hard time with this whole, oh, beauty is awful, it's horrible, it's evil. So 
I, I recognize the difference. I appreciate her work. I would love to see her working again. I want to see her working again. So I want this to be something where she can either find work with this thing that has happened to her as a part of her narrative and part of what makes her so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or she she has now created the buzz which other people are now coming forward, and maybe there will be a group of doctors like Nassif and Dubrow mm-hmm. from Botched who will find a way to fix this and yeah. give her back what she wants because it's hers. Yeah, she wants that. It's hers. She should have that, and yeah. that's what I wish for her. I think she'll she'll come back. Something something will happen that will allow her to come back and feel confident and beautiful in herself. I believe that. Yes, but I also think that it's it's now a wonderful opportunity through an unfortunate circumstance that this conversation is starting and that people can talk about, Hey, let's not just trust what's happening and make sure that we're doing the right thing to our bodies. Well, in and let's not, let's not get lemming mob mentality about it mm-hmm. either. No, no, no. You, we have to be comfortable enough in our ability to make decisions for ourselves and be responsible for those decisions enough to allow other people to be responsible for the decisions that they make and to be accountable for the consequences, good or bad, of those decisions. Mm-hmm. People need to start looking more inward and less outward. We need to start listening more and talking less. Mm-hmm. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> so I say a little more patience, a little more empathy, a little more understanding for the things that you don't understand right away, rather than immediately putting your hand out Letting whatever resentment you're coming from dictate and bias your opinion and perception of the subject matter when really it doesn't apply to you and it doesn't have anything to do with you unless you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. So, uh, viva la linda. And in closing, please don't ever say that she doesn't get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day. She doesn't wake up. For less than $10,000 a day. Have a question for us or want to be a guest on our podcast? Email us at hello at Mr. And Mrs. Show. Or for more information and episodes, visit our webpage at Mr. And Mrs. Show.